Hello and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we talk about magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So today, uh, as like a welcome to Libra season, I'm talking about a sexy little orange fruit, bergamot. Love that. And we're continuing with our, I believe this is our now third pass on the Zodiac. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like when we did Leo, it was a little bit of a roast. So we're continuing that. We're continuing I, that. I love that this has just turned into a roast of the signs because honestly, we all deserve it. Uh, we, do, we do all deserve it. <laughs> we absolutely all deserve it. But before we get started, Nick, when did you feel magic this week? Well, um, and I do think this counts, but I was an absolute crazy person um, last night before last during the full moon could not sleep my mind was going at a million miles a minute and of course i was like oh of, of literally of course it's the full moon in aries um yeah. and i cannot get my brain to shut the fuck up so i was just like a vibrating molecule in the universe um the last couple days and whew, take it out of you yeah i mean look that full moon, I, Nick and I were talking about this before we started rec like recording the podcast, y'all. It was a lot. It was a lot. We were walking Willow during the full moon and someone like rolled down their window and screamed fuck at us. We heard a mom yelling at her kids trying to get them into bed. It was just like the energy was high and intense. Um, it just, you know, it was one of those full moons where I was just like, oh, this is like the type of full moon where people are like emergency rooms are flooded and the people in the nursing homes are acting crazy. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's like, even at my job, we had at closing time, which is like 10 p.m., like a full patio of people. People were getting sloppy drunk because it was a Saturday night. It was yeah spirits were high it was a whole lot um i mean for me i think it's like i have been kind of cultivating my herb garden again like getting things going since i started this new job i'm adjusting to a lot um and i'm like yawning right now because i had a work event last night but I've been trying to like work again with like my little herb garden and get my plants back under control. And that's been feeling real magical to me. Um, but mostly I'm, I'm just like tired this morning. We're recording at like uh, 9.45 AM my time. So y'all are getting some like morning Nick and Shannon. Uh, but I'm excited to like kind of get into this because bergamot, y'all like, I really love Earl Grey. Um, we, we were talking about this too. And uh, the Earl of Grey, the Lady of Grey, both close personal friends of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to like just start off with like, I'm talking about bergamot orange at the top. So like bergamot and wild bergamot sometimes also refers to bee balm in like Native America, not Native America. Well, Native Americans used 
uh, bee balm a lot in their like medicine practices, but in North America, but I'm talking about like bergamot orange, which is like the scent of bergamot that you probably think about, you know, it's that like woodsy citrusy deliciousness. And I personally thought it was really fun to learn that most of like the world's bergamot is grown in a strip it's like about a hundred kilometers on the coast of Calabria in Italy. Like bergamot is not one of those trees that's super suitable for cultivation in a lot of people's gardens. You can grow them in pot, especially if you keep them like outdoors on like your balcony or patio and like move them to places where they won't get frost during like the autumn and winter. But it also, like, can't have scorching heat. I mean, like, think about the fucking, like, Calabrian coast of Italy. Like, that gorgeous Mediterranean climate. That's going to be kind of hard for a lot of us to replicate. Let's just, like, come to terms with that fact. It's fine. We're going to talk a little bit about it. But, like, if you're going to go for it, you need a really big pot with a uh, large drainage holes so that like it does not sit in water it also needs like a kind of acidic soil definitely nutrient rich and i think that that's one of those things that like most citrus plants in general need right like they need a lot of nutrients there's a reason that like you see specifically like soils and fertilizers for citrus trees like if you've ever been to a lowe's because they do kind of need a lot but you can also just like mix up something with a lot of like compost, some sand, you know, a peat free potting soil, and then like get the root ball in the pot, fill it up with your soil mix, your citrus compost. Um, but once it's like established, the plant can uh, like really do well in drought periods. But because the soil in pots dries out quicker than in the ground, you're still going to have to water it really regularly. So this is one that you're going to kind of have to babysit it if you want to. Um, don't get water on the leaves or like splash up soil on it because it'll get um, it'll, it'll get disease, which is is not cute. But yeah, so bergamot plants also grow super slowly. So once it's like established, if you have it in a pot, you can wait for a very long time before you repot it. You're going to feed it, but these are slow growers. So you're going to want to do that when you've got like new shoots in March or April, but like really I'm just, I'm just going to say y'all, this is one that I personally wouldn't fucks with. Uh, it's just a lot of work, but bergamot is like, is a, is a really beautiful plant. Like the, the fruits end up looking, they're kind of like lumpy limes and then they turn yellow as they, um, as they mature, but just to like, give you sort of a, a frame of reference for how much it takes to make like a bit of bergamot oil. It takes a hundred bergamot oranges to get three ounces of the oil. Like you're not going to be producing bergamot oil from your home, like plant. It, from your, it from your, while. from your like five actual fruits that you get. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and generally, like, you're actually, like, not going to be growing them for, like, juice or consumption, right? Like, it is it is really about, like, the rind, the essential oils. Um, you There are some places in, like, Turkey in particular where it's grown on, like, small scale to be, like, consumed by juice. But really, like, 
we're talking about the oils here. Um, and one of the things you'll run into a lot when you're looking at bergamot too is like adulteration with cheaper oils. So things like rosewood, bergamot, mint. It's such a problem, like this adulteration of the oil, that Italy actually like established the Experimental Station for Essential Oil and Citrus Byproducts, uh, which is in Reggio de Calabria. And it's a quality control body for the essential oil of bergamot. Like, they, they're like, don't fucks with our bergamot oil. Kind of a big deal to us. But during World War II, like, obviously, Italy wasn't able to export to countries like the Allied powers. So that's when you really start getting a lot of, like, rival products from places like Brazil and Mexico. But those were also produced with other citrus fruits, like sweet lime. So, like, to get real bergamot's one of those things, like, you got to keep an eye on the ingredients, got to keep an eye on where it's sourced. But, like, the essence from the skin is used for, obviously, Earl Grey and Lady Earl Grey. Also, Turkish Delight, the greatest candy disappointment to North American children <laughs> of all time. Um, it's also one of the most common, like, flavorings that they add to Swedish um, snus or snus, like the smokeless tobacco. But one of the things though, that I feel like when I think of bergamot right after the Earl Greys and like the Lady Greys, I really think of perfume. And it's because- that, that, that literally what I have been waiting for is a lot of my element to them. Yeah. It's um it's actually one of the most commonly used ingredients in perfumery because not only is it like delicious smelling but the way like the scent of bergamot actually lends itself really well to combining with other scents so it's actually like one of the main components of the original eau de cologne which was composed by uh, jean-marie farina at the beginning of the 18th century in germany and the first use of bergamot oil as a fragrance ingredient was recorded all the way back in 1714. And you can find it in the Farina archive in Cologne. So like, it's it's kind of a big deal. There have been some patch test studies um, where like the application of some sources of bergamot oil have been shown to like have phototoxic effects. So they can increase like redness after um, exposure to, you know, ultraviolet light, AKA the sun. Um, and this is actually something that's shared by a lot of citrus fruits. You know how I'm always telling you guys not to put fucking lemon on your skin? Yeah, this is why. It it can cause phototoxicity. Um, it is used in like, again, lots of perfume products, but also in cosmetics. And it can cause skin irritation. And back in the day, like in, I'm talking like in the like 40s and 50s, um, suralin that was extracted from bergamot oil was actually used in tanning accelerators and in sunscreens, but it is known as something that's like photocarcinogenic and they found that in like 1960, but because like tanning is still so popular, it continued to be used in tanning activators until the fucking nineties and has been obviously a contributor to a lot of melanoma um so you know be careful with that but there's there's been like some clinical research on bergamot oil but it's like it's not super good quality research there haven't been a lot of conclusions about its possible biological effects um consuming bergamot oil in tea can cause muscle cramps so you know 
when we're talking about like bergamot in like the Earl Grey's, you're really getting like an essence. You know, this isn't like they're putting droppers of essential oil in your tea blends. Sometimes you'll also even see like the rinds of bergamot oranges in like really high-end tea blends. So when I'm talking about consuming bergamot oil, that's not exactly what I'm referring to. You know, I'm talking about like, don't fucking put droppers of really any essential oil in things that you're going to be consuming. Um, But that's, that's just some of the fun, weird background on bergamot. Now, when we're talking about witchcraft, why are we talking about it during Libra season? Um, It's ruled by Venus, which I think is shocking to approximately no one that has ever smelt this thing. It smells like sensual and warming. And it does have this like really like, I, to me, it does have this like sort of feminine edge to it. I hate gendering things, but bergamot's one of those things that just smells sensual, like like a pretty lady to me. Now, see, I have to disagree. Oh, okay. Non-binary queen. I mean, that's very fair. I think that, and and this is where like magic, I think also gets into your personal associations, right? You know, it's like, what does it feel like to you? To me, Bergamot does feel very feminine. It's ruled by Venus. It's used a lot in things like love magic, love potions. But again, because it can be combined with so many things, I could definitely see where you're getting at that like non-binary, beautiful rulership there. Well, because here's like a how do i think bergamot could be a man but not a straight man if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no i get it i get it it's it, sexy like it would not be for like the guy at you know wing stop watching the football game <laughs> oh my god could you even um but that you know, but you know, you put but you put bergamot with like something kind of leathery or woodsy, and it's like, okay, that's that's a that's a hot scent for a gay man. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you're describing my favorite perfumes because I do love um very woodsy, like I I kind of want to smell like what a sexy hippie would smell like, you know, like with good mm-hmm. hygiene. Yeah, Um, I want to smell like I've maybe just returned from like fairy after being abducted for a bit. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's my scent aesthetic. So would you would you say, okay, now I have to ask, were you a fan of the Twilight Wood scent from Bath and Body Works? Oh yeah, of course. Because I feel course. like I feel like that's what I'm thinking about when I think of these like woodsy bergamonty smells is like Twilight oh, Woods. Because yeah. I feel like Twilight Woods was really one of the first ones of those where it was like they had both versions, right? Like because they had their little collection for men. Heaven forbid men like things that smell good, but Twilight Woods was. The one where it's like, it smells exactly the same as just the normal one. Yeah. Yeah. Hondo P. Um, I, I love it. And I think that that's one of the things, like, because it's in so many, like, delicious scented body products, like, 
it is so good for like a self-love ritual too i'm like take yourself like a beautiful bath lather yourself in bergamot scented lotion afterwards light some candles masturbate make magic Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's the move with bergamot which is like such a libra vibe because you do sometimes see it like some people also say it's associated with the sun and for like specifically like luck and money magic which you know i think more and more nick kind of gets to your sense of it as like a non-binary androgynous herb um so you know i i think there's something there i can be i can be convinced that i'm wrong about it's, my give, it's giving david bowie it, it is it is giving david bowie i love bergamot i think everyone should smell like bergamot um i'm not gonna like spend a whole lot of time getting into it because also again the essential oils cause a lot of photosensitivity. So I never want to like encourage you guys to like get skin cancer um, because I'm great like that. I'm very magnanimous and don't want people that listen to our podcast to get sick. Uh, so yeah, you know, make yourself a, a lady gray, have a bath, slather yourself in like delicious lotion and like have some bonbons, but not Turkish delight. I think Turkish delight's always disappointing. And I'm just going to like, stand by that we can we deserve better we deserve better in our confections i feel like turkish delight is one of those things where it's like you know if you grew up eating candy that like mochi maybe that would be for you i just feel like to me i have never had turkish delight that isn't on the like too floral edge of the flavor. Uh-huh. No, yeah, it's like rose flavored candy. Get this out of my fucking face. Yeah, so- it's like I I love eating flowers. I am someone who loves floral flavored things, but I have never had Turkish delight that didn't take it so far. It felt like you were like eating your nan's perfume. Yeah, no, it's uh it's not great. Um it's one of the worst candies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this is so American. And the thing is, I have in my gut, I believe that there could be good Turkish delight out there, and I haven't experienced it. But again, I haven't experienced it being good. And maybe we never will. And that's just something we're going to have to live with. That's that's our that's our burden to bear in this life. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's bergamot. I mean, that's like a fun a fun little romp through bergamot citrus. If you want to talk about bee balm, like that's a whole different thing. Wild bergamot, um, bergamot mint, it's sometimes referred to as, and it does have like a similar kind of smell, but it's, but it's not the, the bergamot that's in teas. And I just, I feel like I want to be very clear about that. So any hoozle, that's that. I mean, that's bergamot. Short, sweet, beautiful. She smells good. Go to Bath and Body Works. Live your 1990s like dreams because you're a grown up that gets a paycheck now. Have fun. Yeah. Well, and I would say I think scent is one of those things where it's like it's absolutely a it's self indulgence, but it's like one of the most universal human experiences to just appreciate sense of things yeah i mean look everyone enjoys smelling good right i i'm like i don't know anyone that's like uh i could take it or leave it like no 
it's it's one of our senses that I feel like it's the most closely tied to memory. You know, there's a lot of the human experience that is heavily influenced by scents. I mean, look, if I smell Ed Hardy perfume, I'm like taken straight back to being 16. Like, you know, it can it can take you places. Bergamot to me takes me to a relaxed but sensual place. And I appreciate that, especially during Libra season. Absolutely. So let's, uh, that's a, that's a fun transition. Fun transition into um, the magic for Libra segment. And you know what I will say just right off the bat here is that in honor of finding out that I am a Libra rising recently, um, I do have to say every Libra I know is the biggest pothead. I love so, that. so for you guys, I'm going to take a little a little baby hit before I do my Libra segment. So a, a little toke for Libras. That's that's the that's the vibe. I I also have to say I love that your sun and your rising are like sister signs. Yeah, well, I always thought when I thought I was a Virgo rising that it would just be so much more balanced if it was actually Libra. Because I was always, always, always a few degrees into being a Virgo rising. Yeah. So, because I wasn't that far off from what my mom said, but it was enough to put it. enough to tip it, yeah. There was enough to tip it. Um... And all of that to say, so while I am roasting you guys, it is a bit of a self-roast as well. Because, again, I'm a Libra rising. Um, but We roast with love. Roasting is our love language. Nick and I have built a multi-decade relationship off of roasting each other. It, it's true. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the foundation of so many great friendships in uh, my life as an Aries, but... You know, I I think it's funny. I think if you look at my friend group, it is all solidly signs that can give and take a good roasting. I don't have time for people that can't. I'm going to be honest. Like, there's there's no cancers in my inner circle. And I think that really speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean... I'm one week into my new job and already so much happier. And I guarantee you it's because it's not an office ruled by fucking like cancers and Pisces. Oh, is that, is that what the people at your last job were? Um, yeah. The head of school and assistant head of school were both Pisces. My boss was a cancer. It was too, too many feelings. Too and I lottery. As Oof. a Pisces moon. But again, the Pisces moon is like the only like, water placement in my chart so i mean it's loud but it feels well balanced so yeah anyway. well i mean you know it makes sense because you got you got the sisters right like yeah you gotta you got, i i just love that both of us have sister signs in our big three that makes sense for us Sister, sister, um, I, you know, it's because Libra is all about balance and symmetry and, you know, the calm, relaxing order of the universe. But I would also say that, so let's get it, let's get into the roast a little bit. Like my Aries really balances out that Libra so much. 
Yeah. Because it's like Libras, I have to say a lot of the Libras I know will literally pour from an empty cup. And it's just like, give, they give it all away. They give it all away. And it's more about the collective than themselves. And it's like, honey, you actually need to focus on yourself and your life. Yeah. Like you cannot just make everything about everyone else. I mean, I have to say that like in my personal life, that has always been a thing I've struggled with with Libras because it's the thing where they're so obsessed with giving that the self-martyrdom can sometimes be exhausting for unbalanced mm. Libras. Yes, for the, for those unbalanced Libras out there, it can very much feel like, well, you know, it's like you you have to think about yourself up to a certain point. Like, you have to make sure your life is in order before you start taking in all of these strays because that is the thing about Libras too. Libras collect strays. Like, yeah. stray people. Like, it's always a fucking Libra that's like, oh, yeah, well, this is my friend. They're staying on my couch. They're trying to move to wherever you know wherever these stray people are always saying that they're about to move yeah the people that like permanently live on your couch and it is that like that martyrdom complex can swing all the way back around to narcissism mm -hmm. and they're like oh well you know like yeah it's like i'm such a good person i'm the backbone of the community well and we, we talk about this almost every time we do a zodiac segment but it's like sort of like your sister can really be your shadow because yeah. it's like these are classical aries tropes where it's like a libra okay here's the here's another roast for the libras it's like if everything isn't the pretty tea party you had planned in your head you're going to make it into a bar fight <laughs> I have never heard something so accurate about Libras. And like one of my best friends growing up was a Libra. Jenny, Jenny Cortez is a Libra. Oh my God. No. And it's like, listen, if things do not go perfectly or how you imagined them with your vivid Libra imagination, um, you do not have to, uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be either or right yeah it's not a personal attack if everyone doesn't get on board right and i feel and i feel like for libras that's gonna be like you you know you want everyone to wear white to your birthday party and then uh someone shows up uh in in maybe a light tan <laughs> It will be and okay. It will be okay. It will be okay. It's not <laughs> It's not going to ruin the pictures. I promise you, you will survive this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I do love Libras. I have a lot of Libra friends. And as much as I love to, you know, kind of roast them, I do feel like in many ways, they, they do kind of form communities. Like, I think... 
that's something that I appreciate. You know, they're they're social hubs. Yeah. And the thing that I love about Libras is also the thing that's made it hard for me to have good relationships with Libras because the things that I feel like are so beautiful about Libra are so absent from my lava chart. Mm. It's like that being able to be a gatherer of people in kind of a nurturing, loving way while also being a hottie about it. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about how Libras are hot stuff. Yes. Yes. Uh, because, and you know, it's so, it's so stupid, but it's like, Libra women are some of the most beautiful people that just are, exist on this planet. But Libra men are such trash. Yeah, Libra men are shit. Rivers Cuomo, get the fuck out of here. Well, it's not... It's like, you spend the whole time wondering if they're actually hot or not. <laughs> yeah, it's because um, it's the ethos can muddle it. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, are you hot or are you just deep? It's like, are you hot or do you just act like how a hot person acts and it's making my brain confused? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like Libra men are like the problem I have with a lot of British actors where I'm like, are you hot or are you just British? Mm. That's like Libra men. Are you hot or are you just a Libra? Right, right, right. Although I would say, you know, for, for all the gays with a bit of a daddy kink out there, um, do you remember- So you mean all of the gays? All of the gays. Do you I've remember- Do you remember Survivor Man? Oh, yes. Uh, what was that guy's name? Anyway, I... He's a Libra, though. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like he's one of... I mean, again, if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. Survivor Man is a Libra. And also a bit of a daddy. What is his name? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh my god, can I just say that when I Google Survivor Man... Um, and Libra, the first thing is a link to a TikTok called Surviving Libra Man. Uh, oh my god. I survived a Libra man. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's just so funny. Literally everyone knows. No, it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, Scorpios wish they could live up to the hype being true about their sign as i mean as much as i think libra men wish they didn't yeah but i've just never met one that doesn't les stroud okay there we go thank you because yeah he's he's a he's daddy and he can you know dig a hole and sleep in it which i do find weirdly hot like bushcrafting is not the lifestyle for me but when other people do it, it's hot. Does that, well, you know? It, there's something sexy about feeling like this person could help you survive the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. <laughs> but okay, so speaking of Scorpios, <laughs> I, I do have to um, come out with this little fun fact about Libras that I found out 
um, while doing research for this. And I was like, I've never heard of that, but that's so funny because Libra, as far as like where it falls um, on, you know, the solar lunar plan during Libra season is actually a bit of an invention uh, because actually a lot of those days are actually the sun being in uh, Scorpio's claws. And so at one point in history, there was two Scorpio signs on the Zodiac, one for the claws and one for the tail end. Um, can, because can I just say, this is a classic example of Scorpios taking up all the oxygen in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think I think there's I think there's something to that though, because so many Libras are they want to be such edgelords. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Like so many Libras want to be to to have an edgy aesthetic. And to like be goth or punk or you know something something with a bit of a hard edge to it, and they are literally all such puppy dogs. You cannot take it seriously at all. Truly. And um, at the same at the same time, it's still hot. So it's not like you're making fun of them. It's just. You know, we we all have to take a silent moment to you know to collect ourselves and not laugh when such lighthearted people try to be edgy. Well, and it's like such a classic middle child vibe, right? Because like Libra sandwiched between uh, what I would consider two of the most intense signs in the zodiac. Like I feel like Virgo and Scorpio both are big moods. Right. Yeah, yeah, big personalities. And and then Libra comes in and is like the this like sensual fun but wants to be taken seriously middle child. Wants so badly to be taken seriously. Uh and then you know once you get to the proper Scorpio, the the venom, right? Because yeah. it's the it's the thing. It's it's the claws. I mean, you know, you can sustain a bad pinch from the claws but that's not gonna kill you what's gonna kill you is the venom yeah yeah it almost feels like sometimes the libra hardcore aesthetic it feels it does feel real cosplay it's very cosplay yeah <laughs> which like no tea no shade like i love a cosplay moment you just have to like <laughs> self-aware about it it's yeah um, but I mean, what I, I personally know at least one Libra I can think of that really, and it, and you know, they're a cusper, but they really, really very badly want to be a Scorpio. That's so sweet. But it's like, no, honey, you're, you're actually the most Libra Libra to ever Libra. It's like wanting to be a Scorpio somehow makes you more Libra. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Um, but okay. So I did have this segment prepared or kind of half as prepared, but 
we all know Libras are fashionistas. Um, if anyone's ever gone to a concert or really any kind of social outing with a Libra, um, you know that you are waiting. You're gonna be at least 30 minutes late because they're still getting their look together. I'm sorry, has a Libra ever been on time? You know what? That's the better question. Has I've a Libra never... has a Libra ever been on time? I would uh like inquiring minds want to know if you know a Libra that's ever showed up somewhere on time, please write in because I I have not experienced this. But no. Okay, so we have and you're gonna need Shannon, you're gonna I'm gonna need you to open up your text messages. Oh, I just pulled it up. I just pulled it up, baby. So you already know where we're going. Um, it is uh, I'm calling this the Libra season accessory parade. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you're gonna have to post all of these on our Insta because yeah. like y'all, Nick did literally a bang up job curating this parade like y'all need to experience this because it is it is aesthetic it is gorge it's giving it i'm like of course you're a libra ascendant but i would also say it's kind of giving uh like these are the questions on a quizilla quiz um yeah this is a listicle quiz and I'm not mad about it. I'm not um, about it. But so, and I think I think people will get what I mean once we kind of get into it. So the first accessory I had for Libras, um, and keeping keeping in mind, I wanted to keep it witchy. Wanted to keep it yeah. witchy. So we have some um, crystal tiaras, and now here's what I will say. I know that the birthstone for Libra is opal. Now, opal is very expensive. It is. Especially like good iridescent opals. Like, I'm sorry, I get that like the brown flecky opal is still technically opal, but when I'm wanting like a piece of jewelry or an accessory, I'm wanting like a big flashy iridescent fiery piece of opal, that is very expensive. Um, so I had some uh, moonstone, which is also very lovely and iridescent, and not the cheapest stone, you know. Um, but it gives the vibe on like a more reasonable budget. A vibe on a more reasonable budget. So I had some moonstone tiaras. Um, and so this this first one just has like big moonstones in this sort of like geometric, almost like a greek um sort of fresco pattern if that makes sense yeah it's giving like the prelude to great gatsby era like you can tell that like the early 1900s that like greco-roman influence really started like ramping up more and more as we got into like the 20s but this feels like the early precursor to that and we do have uh the date on this one uh 1900 for that first yeah. one yeah um, and then we have this other beautiful moonstone tiara from 1905, which has this sort of like, it almost looks like a jelly fungus, the way it's like branched out with these like globs on the end. Yeah, this one is like my vote out of the tiara roundup. As soon as I saw it, I was like, 
that's Libra princess. It's it's absolutely giving Libra princess. Um, and I love this sort of like the way the color on the metal has sort of patinaed and it's kind of this lovely like dusty rose color. Yeah, I feel like I see a Libra wearing this like to do a ritual under the full moon. But I would also say, I feel like this is for a Libra who is also a sea witch and lives by the sea. Yeah, I mean, to me, this feels September Libra. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a Libra who doesn't want to be a Scorpio. Yeah, this is a Libra who's like buddies with the Virgos. They're invited to the Virgo party. And absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like this kind of tree pattern is very earthy. Anyway, some some gor- gorgeous tiaras, gorgeous tiaras. For okay, and the, but then we have to look at these cloaks. So I'm gonna I'm looking at the second one first because it is this sort of iridescent disco ball, full length cloak with a hood. Um. Yeah. No. This is like if Bowie was the ghost of Christmas past. Yes, absolutely. The ghost of Disco Past, even. Yes, this is, Bowie is the ghost of Disco Past. And honestly, if I had unlimited budget, I would buy and send this to every Libra that I know. Well, the good news is with this one, actually, is that it is from the costume section of Amazon.com slash Jeffrey Bezos. Um, because, you know, we wanted accessible stuff on here. Um, not that this is SpawnCon, but... You know, it's gorge. It is. It is gorge. You want to ball on a budget sometimes. Um, but then I, I did have this other option that I do feel was very Libra. This kind of like shimmery, it's like see-through kind of periwinkle with like just the most delicate little silver floral. I feel like it pairs really well with the like earthy rose gold moonstone tiara oh yeah like that's the september that's the september libra fit and then tiara number one with like disco bowie ghost cloak is Mm, october mm -hmm. libra yes absolutely uh well yeah and i really feel like the the more geometric tiara is is giving kind of disco because i feel like disco had like a like, a lot of the disco outfits were very, like, toga. Well, yeah, disco, like, because when you get into the disco era, like, everything in fashion is cyclical, right? So much of disco fashion was influenced by, like, flappers in 1920s. So, like, you can see, like, the through line from, like, Gatsby era to the disco era. Like, especially when you look at, like, the patterns that were really popular. Like, oh yeah, 100%. 100%. All right. And then we we had some wands here, too. Can I just say that this, like, the rainbow prism oak wand is, oh, like, yeah. the most Libra thing I feel like I've ever seen. Well, and again, it's like that, you know, opal is the, the Libra stone. I, and I just feel like anything iridescent is kind of giving Libra vibes. Yeah, like Lisa, I'm like Lisa Frank in my soul was a Libra. I don't know if that's accurate, but it it's correct in my heart. It, oh, 
And that is actually such a good point about how Libra's wanting to be edgelords. It's like when Lisa, if Lisa Frank tried to make like edgy captions for her drawings. Um, and I've seen that kind of thing as a meme somewhere. Oh my God. Can I just say, I just looked it up though. And she is a Taurus. Lisa Frank was a Taurus, which, which is the other Venus sign. The other Venus sign. So eh, whatever. In my heart, though, she does, like, the aesthetic feels to me more Libra than Taurus. Maybe it's because all the Taurus people I know are, like, like beautiful beiges. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's not giving iridescent as much. But, you yeah. know, that's what's inside of them. Truly, truly. They're neon, neon leopard print on the inside. Neon um, leopard print on the inside, yes. <laughs> but this like this like rainbow prism wand is gorgeous. It feels very Libra, like that iridescent like stone on the end with like the beautiful like swirls because Libra that the Libra Venus to me does feel like that very like curvy, sensual, like waves, that kind of like movement. And well, and I feel like Libra would like this one because um, even though it's not, it looks like something you would buy at like a handcrafted stall at like a like a art fair like a or something. Or a ren fair. Or like, a ren fair. And I like I, you buy this from a fairy at a ren fair. You absolutely buy this from a fairy at a ren fair. Um actually. And I'm sure, based on, again, where this is from, I'm not saying it again because I'm not getting paid. Um, I think that probably is where the fairies at the Ren Fair get the wands. Right. That's where they buy them in bulk. Okay, but this second one, though, this, like, Princess Peach looking, this okay, Princess this is, Peach looking ass wand. This is big ass, like, this reminds me of something Jenny would have had when we were in, like, elementary school this is like toddlers and tiara libra it is toddlers and tiara libra it's it's giving princess peach um it it's gi it's giving um i'm a princess because i feel like that's the one again yeah it, for like a little girl to be like i'm a princess um you know this is like my scepter or whatever it's giving scepter oh, yeah. for a princess because costume. Young Libras really fully buy into rhinestone lifestyle. Mm. Every mm -hmm. child I've known that was a Libra was was rhinestone baby. And I mean, we also grew up in Texas, which I'm sure influenced that. But when I think of like bedazzled shit, it does feel like 1990s Libra. Oh, yeah. Well, and I just, the 90s aesthetic of, like, the shirts with the huge rhinestones. Yeah. Like, that hot, look, that, hot pink, everything. that were cut like gemstones. Yes. yes. And honestly, here for it. Yes. This last wand is, like, to me, this like this crystal wand that you got from, of course, like beautiful from Etsy. This is like grown up Libra. This is the grown up, well balanced Libra that has accepted their Venusian aesthetic, given up on being an edge lord, and is leaning in. 
Yes, exactly. With these little florals and the little pearl accent. It's and, gorgeous. And the little clear quartz, too. Um, it's it's lovely. And, like, the pink and blue together is kind of giving iridescent without being too flashy. Yeah. It's, it's grown-up Libra aesthetic. Faux show. Yeah, it's very much, like, in that Goldilocks zone. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's giving... It's the zone where I feel like when Libra's at home there, it's, like, so authentic and pretty and delicate. Because yeah. I'm, like, as a Virgo, there's nothing delicate about me. Scorpios, there's nothing delicate about them. But Libras, I feel like when they embrace that, it's it's so special. They're like, they're like fancy little teacups. Yes. Uh, it's like, look, you could unironically like put on white gloves and go drink fancy tea out of tiny cups. If I did that, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> well, and you know, I bought my fancy little teacups uh, in Kyoto when I was there. And my friend that was most excited when I busted out those bad boys was my Libra friend. Oh, of course, of course. Um, but okay, so I have an extended tarot scope now that the accessory parade is over. I don't know, I feel like for the more aesthetic signs, like something like that, I feel like is because it's hard to do, it's you know, you can't just say Libra's an aesthetic sign, you have to find some items that I think show a Libra aesthetic. From like, uh, yes. a, from like a non-Libra point of view, or I guess having a Libra rising, I was just like, this is the stuff that kind of reminds me of my Libra friends. Yeah, I'm like, as Libra's Zodiac neighbor, I I agree. Obviously, you're my like best friend. So I do enjoy Libras. I grew up at a Libra's house. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, can we just like take a moment to say like, Rest in peace to the Playboy Bunny print that every Libra I know also was into for a minute. Mmm. Absolutely. Playboy, I feel like Playboy print stuff is going to come back. I mean, I told you I bought that, like, I got that expensive fucking perfume sampler that straight up smelled like the Ed Hardy perfume I wore in high school. I mean, you know, you like what you like. You like I, you like what you like. I was confused by it. But like, you know, like you said, it's it's coming back. I feel like the whole Von Dutch like trashy aesthetic chic is like gonna be on the way back soon. Um, no, I I, I feel like being trashy on purpose is gonna come back. Yeah. Shockingly soon. <laughs> agreed agreed but yeah let's do this teroscope i'm excited okay so for you know i just did a little three card spread nothing crazy but let's dive into it so the first card being the six of cups reversed Ooh. um and you know i do have to speak from some experience here having a lot of libra friends Again, myself being a Libra rising. Um, one of my sisters is a Libra. So just know this comes from a good place. But um, this is really kind of showing that 
you need to let go of the past question mark exclamation point exclamation point um i feel like there is such a thing you know as it's almost like so many libras i know fantasize about these like toxic past relationships that they are no longer in and yet like that's what they spend their time daydreaming about and it's like you know you really have to do the work to not be thinking about this situation all the time because it's like taking over your present moment and that's never a good thing yeah. um and then, you know, kind of moving into the Seven of Swords reversed, which, you know, I'm using my Dragon Tarot deck, so this just looks so much calmer and more relaxed. Um, but uh, in sort of the traditional tarot deck, it's the guy that's, like, carrying all of the swords, like, just in his hand, and he's, like, dropping one. And I, I think, you know, this is showing really such a time of chaos for Libras right now. Um, you know, a lot of things are up in the air. A lot of things are crashing to the ground, you know. Um, why are you just holding all of those swords with your hands? <laughs> Inquiring minds. Like, surely there's some kind of box or basket or something you can put all of your swords into uh, instead of just walking around with them loose in your hands. Uh, that's crazy. Don't do that. But, <laughs> but no, I do feel like it's, a, it's such a chaotic scene. It's such a chaotic scene. And it's really like such an insecure time it seems like for for a lot of these for a lot of these libras out here but we do i think have some good news maybe on the horizon um and it's the five of coins which i would say is you know How do I, it's like all those, all those things that are up in the air are going to come crashing down. And, you know, that's, it's good in a way because it, it will at least mean that things are still for the moment. You know, you kind of do have to let the cards fall where they may, and then you'll have a better idea of where you need to be at going forward. And that's always kind of, I mean, you know, it's hard to go, hard to go through it all. Um, and, you know, keeping in mind, I feel like Libras are such social creatures that you're not going through this alone by any means. But there is also this kind of indication here that maybe you should, should be looking more inward, like whole pull your circle a little bit. Mm. Uh, and so, but I would say, you know, just looking at the overall 
astrology of it. Like, all the cardinal signs are supposed to be having, you know, good years this year. And then also, with um, Saturn being in Aquarius, it's, yeah, so it's no longer, it's no longer, uh, affecting the cardinals as much so that's 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 a bit of a you know tap on the brakes for us but also there are a lot of interesting venus conjunctions for libra towards the end of october which could indicate either a new relationship starting for them or the relationship they're in kind of going to a, a new level so that is exciting and i know libras are obsessive about their relationship so um definitely something to look forward to there so i guess that's that's it for the sode this week you know it's uh kind of a one and done from each of us yeah i mean i love it though i think sometimes it's nice to we're like getting back in the swing yeah absolutely and i do feel like you know, maybe this is a good time to say that we are kind of uh, fiddling around with the idea of having some more conceptual sort of topics on here that aren't necessarily like firmly in the witchy space. Yes. Because I, I personally feel like there's a lot that we are both very interested in that could be um, expounded upon in the podcasting space. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's the end of summer and it's finally fall and we're back. We're so, back. It's Libra season. It's Libra season and we're back. Um, so what do we say to all the flighty, pretty Libra bitches? Uh, to all you flighty, gorgeous little bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Blessed be, bitches. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye now. Eric and I were walking Willow that night and just heard, like, there was just so much more, like, screaming and, like, people were just feeling it. Like, <laughs> someone rolled down their window and literally at the top of their lungs screamed, fuck at us while we were walking willow and we heard some mom like yelling at her kids with the window open trying to get them in bed and i was like this aries moon needs to calm down <laughs> like it was everyone was too riled up